Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I'm your host, Katerina Cormas, confidence, clarity, and mindset coach for new and aspiring entrepreneurs. This podcast is for women ready to leave nine to five behind and become the CEO of their own life and business. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring conversations with successful entrepreneurs who share their expert mindset and business secrets to help you cut through the overwhelm and take the steps to become the entrepreneur you were meant to be. This is where you connect to the life and business that is perfect for you and embark on the adventure that you were born to take. This is where the true joy revolution begins. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to my coach, mindset guru, Kate Krakow. She is a therapist in the Hudson Valley area, and she's a mindset coach to women around the world. She is phenomenal. She has a great podcast. Go check it out. It's called Thinking Like a Boss, and she's coming out with her first book, Thinking Like a Boss. It comes out in February. So much going on for you, Kate. So many exciting things. How are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. It has been an honor to be able to support you these last year and a half. It feels like I've known you forever though. It has. It feels like it's been a few years. Yeah. Feels like forever. And you have helped me go come a long way. All I've done is help steer and direct you and you have done all the work. So don't forget that. Yes. But I mean, the mindset stuff, which we'll go into, I mean, that is the only, uh, that has been, I think most of our, uh, how we trip ourselves up is our mindset. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's so so important. It is. It is. So share with us because you, you know, I admire you so much because, you know, when I first started working with you, um, you had already stopped to taking on therapy clients and you were all in as a mindset coach. Um, and you were a therapist for years and then transitioned to a mindset coach because that's where your heart was taking you and your mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. Um, and then recently, after having had two kids, your mompreneur, managing it all, and then you decided to go back and take on therapy clients again. And while you're hosting your podcast, while you have your book, I think you also are hosting The Morning Dose with Kelsey Chapman. Like You have so much going on. Share with us your story. Thank you. Yeah. So it's... <sighs> One time at church, we had this couple come and talk about this book that they wrote together called Women Are Like Spaghetti and Men Are Like Waffles. And it's about relationships. And when I think of myself and my story, like, and most women, that's how we are. Like men are in one box at a time. And as women, we're like spaghetti. We just go all over the place. Our stories go all over the place. And I always think, okay, where should I even start? So I guess I'll start back when I opened my therapy practice. It was, um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I was working in some hospitals and clinics and never really feeling like super fulfilled in what I was doing. I went to school obviously to be a therapist and I did it because I wanted to help people. I wanted to work with people one-on-one and I didn't do it for the paperwork or the audits and all the other stuff that comes with it. 
And what I found was working in hospitals and clinics, that's pretty much all that you do. About 90% of your work is documentation. And as you know me, I'm too ADHD to sit at a computer all day and document and too disorganized to keep paperwork in order. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not me. And I, I remember like people saying, oh my gosh, like your binders and your documents are all a mess. And I was like, yeah, this is just not for me. Like, I just want to help people. That's all I want to do. So a bunch of different events happen. And I, I feel like this is what happens with everything in life is that we have this idea of like what we really want to do in the future. And it feels really scary. It feels really far away. And then all of these little series of events happen that start to plant these seeds and put these things back into our minds and think, okay, like maybe I can get to that place sooner than I think. And a bunch of those different events happened and I won't get into them all right now, but those little events started to build my confidence and make me believe that, hmm, maybe I can start a business on my own. Maybe I can just give it a shot. Like what happens if I fail? Like I can just close it. And my whole thing was, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm just going to like launch this little business and um, maybe tell like my close family and friends, but like, I'm not going to tell my coworkers or anyone and let's just see where it goes. And I remember hitting publish on the website. Oh, it was scary. It was really, really scary. And having the office that I was subletting, I found an office space that I was subletting every Saturday because my work was nine to five every Monday through Friday. And I said, all right, let's just see what happens. And I got my first call and I remember charging, I think it was like $20 for my first session. Wow. (laughs) Something so low. I just didn't know how to price myself. I didn't know any of this stuff. And the stuff that I teach today is all stuff that I've gone through and through trial and error have really been able to figure out, okay, like this is how we do this. And this is how we navigate that. And pricing, um, talking about pricing boundaries, all that stuff was all new to me and really scary and uncomfortable. And I remember like being on the phone with new therapy, uh, potential therapy clients. And even just thinking myself, like this person is not a good fit for me at all, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how to tell them. I don't know how to say like, I don't think I can help you. Mm-hmm. And I would just take people on. And then they would say like, oh, I can't pay a hundred. I can pay 20 or 30. And I would say, okay, sure. So like, I bet looking at me today, like it's hard for you to imagine me mm-hmm. behaving like that. Yeah. No boundaries. <laughs> no boundaries at all. <laughs> and this is why I'm so passionate about boundaries today. It's because I was someone who was a people pleaser and someone who really let people walk all over me. Really. Um, was okay with overstepping my own boundaries. Mm -hmm. And today, like, that's not me at all. Boundaries are what really build are like, they're the foundation of a good relationship, Mm -hmm. whether it's with your friends, your family, your clients, your bosses, whatever it is, boundaries are the foundation of a relationship. And, um, again, I had this like little hobby, which was my practice and didn't really tell anyone about it. And little by little, I just started to work on my confidence and do a lot of practicing because I know that the only way to learn something is to do it over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. So I'd put myself in these uncomfortable situations and have these conversations. um, 
and it started to get a little bit easier. And I launched my business in September of 2014. I had that $120 client who was not a fit at all. (laughs) And then October, I think I had two clients. But by November, I really started to strengthen my confidence. I really started to work on my mindset, which I had no idea was even a word back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't a thing. (laughs) No, not at all. And by the middle of November, I was able to actually fill my practice. So I had, I had 12 clients and I would see them on Saturdays from 7am to 7pm back to back, like no breaks at all. And I was like, I'm just hustling. Like I want to get out of my nine to five so bad. And at that point I was so afraid to tell people, I was like, I had this secret and it felt so uncomfortable and so just awkward. Like those like eighth grade teenage years. (laughs) Um, but I remember telling one of my coworkers, I have a private practice. Like whispering to her in her office. I can still remember. And she was like, what? Like, yeah. And I actually am like making enough money to leave this job. And she was like, what? Like it was, it was such a weird thing. And I remember then going and telling my boss in December, hey, I started this like little sort of hobby thing and it actually is like turning into a business. So I think I might be leaving soon. And I remember like my bosses and everyone thinking like, I was a very good clinician. I wasn't the most organized clinician. I'll say that like my paperwork is not the best, but with leading groups and one-to-one work, I know I, I was doing a great job and I was doing some leadership stuff at work. And I remember them thinking, them saying to me, like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to leave a stable job? Like, mm. is this really going to be a thing? Like are you sure? Are you sure you're ready? Like, do you want to be here part-time? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, all right, maybe I could try part-time. And we like walked through this whole setup and like how I was going to do part-time. And then I realized I was like, this is not worth my time for mm-hmm. the, I think I was making $20 an hour as a social worker. And I was like, it's, it's just not worth it. I'm just going to cut the cord and leave. Mm-hmm. And again, I launched my business September of 2014. And by December, I think it was December. Wait, this is actually really cool now that I'm thinking of it. December 16th, it was my dad's birthday, was the day that I handed in my resignation letter. Wow. And then it was January 17th, my mom's birthday, that I said bye. And that was my last day. Wow. I'm kind of curious. Do you think because you didn't tell anybody ahead of time, and had, cause you know, I'm sure your bosses had their own fears coming at them. Like, you sure you want to leave something stable? I just kind of curious if you would have told people if the, their beliefs would have infiltrated and made it harder for you to grow your business. Totally. I think so. Yeah. I, I really do. I thought they would have like, again, like those little seeds that we plant, I think those little seeds would have been seeds of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have swayed me. So I'm so glad that I didn't tell anyone. I mean, obviously yeah. my husband knew and like my close family knew, but I'm really glad that I didn't say anything. I hear that a lot there where people say, you know, don't tell people what you're doing and then just show them. And I can yeah. see because, because you, you can, you do when your friends and your family are like, Ooh, you're sure you do it like, Oh, you want to please them. You want them to support you. And if they're not, maybe they're right. Then you start second guessing. But if you just go do it silently and then all of a sudden, ta-da, you know, you allow your own mindset to 
uh, take, you know, the front seat and guide you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. So that's really cool. So in three months you were, you were, you were built, you were done. Yeah. And I think like people, it looks so hard and it is hard. I will say that, but I think that especially when you have a job that maybe you're not, I think it's harder when you have like a six figure salary and you're leaving Mm -hmm. that for this other new business. But for me, I was making, I think like around like 20 something dollars an hour. So it wasn't a lot that I had to come up with in order to match that salary. Yeah. 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 So then you had your practice. You were, so that was like 2015. You were fully in practice. And was that in Hudson Valley? Yeah, that was actually, I started in Beacon, New York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. So, so you had your practice. Then what happened? So I joined something called B-School. Oh, Marie Forleo's B-School. Yep. Marie is my girl. I shared the B-School thing with everyone because it was it was like that next step of confidence that I really needed because I started this business and I didn't know anything about business. Like I had listened to some podcasts. I have down, I downloaded some people's freebies and I was a really broke social worker. So I didn't have the money to make any really big investments. I remember there was this like private practice course that I really wanted to sign up for. And I think it was like $1,200 or something. And I remember thinking like, that's like my life savings. Like I can't afford that. But I started to make a little bit of money in my practice and started to save it away. And then I remember I was, I had been watching a lot of Marie Forleo's videos. And I think the big things that really stuck with me that she would talk about and preach about was boundaries Mm -hmm. and just like confidently putting yourself out there, not settling for something that you feel not settling for the the crumbs and the leftovers, Mm -hmm. but settling and taking what you really believe you deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm just going to join this B school thing. I'm not sure why I'm joining. I guess I'll learn some business and marketing, but something is telling me I have to join. And it was almost $2,000. Wow. And I remember like, I was scared. I have no idea how I'm going to ever pay this $2,000 off. What if this thing doesn't work? What if I fail? Like, what if my business fails because I just left a stable job? Um, But something's telling me to try it. Did it and was introduced to this whole new world of, excuse me, online coaching. Mm -hmm. I had before then, I remember coaching as something I saw in the movies as like, like a goofy kind of life coach, like very woo woo. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like something that was sort of a joke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this coaching thing is really cool. So as a therapist, I was always told and taught that you don't share your truth. Like you don't share who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't share about your past and let's just get real. Most therapists are therapists and go to school to heal themselves. And because they've gone through something in their past or someone very close to them has, 
Like, I don't think I know one therapist who's like never been to therapy or mm-hmm. been on medication or yeah. had this perfect life. Um, so I really was brought into the space of self-development and I was like, this is really cool. Like learning about myself, learning how to weave in my story. I had been in recovery and I'm still in recovery from eating disorder. Um, and now it's been 10 years, almost 11 years and something deep inside just kept saying, you have to share your story. Mm -hmm. And it was so against what I was taught in school because again, you especially do not tell anyone that you've ever had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't do that. And I knew that um, if I did this, there'd be a possibility that I would have to give up my therapy practice. This is what I, this is what I thought and believed yeah. um, that I couldn't do both. So went through B school, decided I really want to do coaching. And I actually, at that point, I had started helping other local therapists open up their private practices. I did mm-hmm. some workshops and really f- felt like that was life-giving and really enjoyed doing that. Um, little by little, let's flash forward to, let's go back. Let's go to like August of 2015. This is almost a year after starting my therapy practice. There was just something in me that said, like, you've got to go public and you have to start talking about this coaching. Wow. And again, I was really scared. And I started working with my first coach at that time. Actually, a few months prior to that, I started working with my first coach and she was also a therapist. So it made it so much easier. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you just have to share your story. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, this feels like I'm going against everything. And, um, she was like, share about like how God, how you've, you know, how your relationship with God and how that's helped you heal from your eating disorder. And now you want to help other people heal from whatever it is that they're going through and help them with their confidence. And I was like, I especially can't do that. Like I'm a really bad therapist if I talk about my personal life. Mm -hmm. So I decided to just go all out with the coaching. And I kept it really separate because I was so afraid. Mm-hmm. And um, if I'm going into too much detail, yeah, okay. feel free to cut me off. I think, it's, it, I think it's interesting because, you know, I, anybody coming from something and switching to another, whatever it is, right? Starting their own business. I mean, there's always, you take with it what that other life was like. And therapy is very restricted, restrict, restricted and structured. Yeah. Where coaching does have its ethics and stuff like that, but it is about building a relationship and being able to share your own personal journey with somebody else and help guide them to their own growth. But I think a lot of listeners understand like if they're stuck in a nine to five job, they still have the beliefs of how that works totally. and then how to be able to see how can I in something else. I think that's a common thing we all went through going from nine to five to being an entrepreneur. That's true. Yeah. So I decided it was October then of 2015, October 12th of 2015, I decided to like officially launch the coaching business. And I remember back then I actually had this plan and I want to say this because I guarantee there's people listening right now who 
are thinking about starting a business or are sort of like tiptoeing around it and they're afraid to like actually dive in and do the thing. So I remember saying to my coach at the time, I'm going to launch this coaching business officially January of 2016. And she was like, this was end of September of 2015, actually. And she was like, no, you're not. Like she was a very blunt coach. <laughs> I was mad. I'd get so mad at her all the time. So mad at her at this time. And she was like, no, you're not. You're going to launch it in two weeks. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have a website. Like my website's like barely done. I don't have courses built out. I don't have all the things. I don't have copywriting. She's like, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Just launch it. I was so mad at her. I was like, I hate you. <laughs> She's one of my close friends today. But I decided, all right, you know what? Let me just try it because I'm never going to be completely ready. Mm, never. never. <laughs> There's no perfect time. Never a perfect time. And the longer that we wait, the harder it actually gets because – Keep talking yourself out of it. It's not perfect. I got to do more. I got to do more. You just kind of rip the Band-Aid off and do it. Exactly. So I did it. I ripped the Band-Aid off. Launched the business October 12th of 2015. And it was, you know, I thought that it would be as simple as um, my clients in. Wait, oh, say that again. It cut cut out. Say it again. Oh, come on. I thought that it was going to happen as quickly as my therapy practice did Mm -hmm. with like clients like pounding at my door, wanting to work together. And I think here's the thing, when we're outside of something, we tend to forget like that three months that it really took me to build my therapy practice in that, in that time, it felt like eternity. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is this not happening faster? When is it going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. But then when we step out of it, I was like, oh wow, three months to build a therapy practice. That's really fast. Cool. Very fast. So because I was out of it, I was saying to myself, oh, it's going to be a piece of cake. Like I'll have a full roster of clients in three months. And it wasn't that easy. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, it probably took about four months or so to have a solid roster of clients. That's still quick. (laughs) Exactly. But I remember back then like being in my head and being like, I am such a failure. This is never going to work. Mm -hmm. This is taking me forever. And I think that so often when we're in it, we just give into those lies. Yeah. And we look at everyone else around us, and that's exactly what I was doing. I was comparing myself to everyone else's business, people who had had businesses for years, and um, just feeling like, I don't know why it's not happening for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there stuff that you had set up as a therapist that – helped you become successful so quickly as a coach? I think so. I think that's a good question. Um, the business foundation. Okay. And by then I was really good at boundaries, like in my therapy practice Mm -hmm. and really good at having sales conversations and talking about my prices and figuring out who would be a good fit and who would not be a good fit. Mm. So I had, I had that whole year to really learn those business basics. Yeah. So that's, a, that's actually a very good question because for someone looking in, again, it could look like, wow, she launched her coaching practice and in four months she had a full roster. But 
they don't see the whole background, right? Like it really took a year and a half, if you think about it, of learning Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. And meeting people and building a list and building a following and yeah. Exactly. So I I really had a year and a half of building up the momentum. Um, and then, yeah, there's, there's so much. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it's, it's just interesting. Like how, how you learned so much about yourself going from your nine to five to being a therapist and how much easier it was to start a coaching business afterwards. Not easy, easy, but the transition was easy because you had already done a lot of mindset work ahead of time. Totally. And how once you, I mean, it's, it's only hard until it's done, right? So you already did the hard. You figured it out. And then it's like cookie cutter it to the next business and build, build that and, you know, have all the pieces. Definitely. It made it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. But then you decided at some point, because that was 2016, you yeah, decided to give up therapy. Yeah. So then, so my coaching business, this was... This was like, yeah, winter of 2016. Coaching business really started to take off. And I was like, this is amazing. I can work for my yoga pants on my couch. <laughs> don't have to drive to an office. Um, like I get to just be myself. Because again, I had that limiting belief of like, I can't be a therapist. I can't sort of blend the two. Mm. Like I can't be a human as a therapist. Mm-hmm. I need to just be a therapist. So I was feeling really constricted in my therapy practice. Like I'd go and I'm like, I just want to give them advice. Like I just want to tell them it's going to be okay. And I felt like I was suffocating in my therapy practice. So my new goal became, I'm just going to be a coach. And my business really started to pick up, build a lot of momentum. I launched a whole lot of programs. Um, I was making a lot of money in my business and I was slowly losing touch with who I was Mm, and really like losing touch with my relationship with my husband, my friend. Yeah. You're stretched. Everything was this coaching business. Mm -hmm. Everything was the coaching business. And I remember a friend saying to me, like, Kate, you can't live like this anymore. And this was actually fast forward to summer of 2016. My grandmother had just passed away Mm. and she had come to visit me the day before my grandmother's funeral. And she was like, you need to just like enjoy the moment more and like turn off your work. And I was like, I can't. Like entrepreneurs don't do that. Like, if I want to be successful, I have to hustle all the time. Like I can't turn off. And she's like, number hey. one belief of an entrepreneur, <laughs> right? And I'm gonna say right now, like these are all lies. Like this is not true. <laughs> but I just preface this. I just need to just, do one more thing. I just need to do one. I gotta get this done. <laughs> Has to be yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, Kate, your grandmother just passed away. Like take the day off. Mm -hmm. And I was so mad at her. This is another time. Sometimes I get really mad at people. (laughs) I was so mad at her. I remember dropping her off at the train and being like, I don't want to talk to her for a little bit. (laughs) Truth hurts. (laughs) I know. Oh, 
it really does. And that's why I was so mad was because I knew, I knew she was, she was right. I knew it was true. And literally the following week was when I got pregnant with my first baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> literally the following week. I didn't find out until another month, about another five weeks, but it was the following week is when I actually got pregnant. And I did not know if I wanted to be a mom. Like, it was just like a very big surprise. Mm-hmm. Talk about God trying to send you a really clear message. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That you need to focus more on life on yourself. Mm-hmm. I was run down. It was actually crazy because I was, I was working so hard that I actually stopped getting my period. Oh, so I didn't even so think, wow. yeah, I didn't even think that I could get pregnant. I was actually going to go to the doctor to just get a checkup and say like, Hey, is something wrong? Like, this Mm -hmm. is strange. This is like not happening anymore. Mm. Yeah. Another sign that (laughs) you're, you're too embedded in your, your uh, entrepreneur world, taking on way too much, stretch too thin. And I think, you know, I look back at, at one point I was working my nine to five job. I had, my side business on the week. It's my massage business. Even before that, I worked at a spa on weekends because I was trying to build a house and I, needed mo- and I needed money. Then I opened my own massage and wellness business. So I was working weekends and nights oh my with my nine to five and while also getting up to figure out how to build my coaching audience and blog and all that. And so I, and I, kept, I had no life. I just, I worked because I felt like if I wanted to build a business, I had to do everything. Yep. All the hats, all the time, early mornings, late nights, burnout for sure. And thank goodness for chocolate. <laughs> right? <Or> chocolate. <laughs> They're so grounding. Like, <laughs> hey, play with me. Hey, stop working. You forgot about me. <laughs> I get the look. Like, it's been yeah. three hours. You <laughs> <laughs> haven't even looked at me. Yeah. Yeah. But I can get where you, you were. So was that, so now you had a baby on the way. And so a lot of, you know, women listening do have families and they're thinking, you know, how do you manage it all? Because, you know, you become a mom, life changes, your priorities change. You can't just leave the baby in the crib for, <laughs> kind of like a dog that I can just give him like an elk antler and he can chew on it. Like you can't do that with a family. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Um. So I think the biggest, my biggest lesson was, well, first of all, God was like, all right, you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. Your friend, your family, people have been telling you that you need to slow down. You're letting your ego get in the way. Mm-hmm. You're not listening. So I'm going to make you listen. And I was out for like that. I found out I was pregnant end of August and I was pretty much out until Thanksgiving. What do you mean? Like, out? like just sick. Oh gosh. In bed. Wow. Also depressed because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can be a mom and run a business. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, you froze. And you um, somehow my business still survived. Oh, are you there? Yeah. It says internet connection is unstable. Can you see me? I can see you. Okay. 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 Um, 
but somehow the business still survived. I had a lot of systems set in place. I had a really amazing online business manager who had a team under her who were doing a lot of the marketing and stuff for me. Um, and at that time I knew I was like, I, I can't do everything. So I need to just do one thing. So that's when I decided I'm going to transition my therapy practices and close it in the spring when the baby's born. Mm. Um, which was tough because it was like, it was my first baby. Yeah. But I knew I would need to start setting more boundaries with myself and, um, closed down the therapy practice that spring of 2017, had the baby and have really just learned over the last couple of years. You have to like, it it always looks like when someone, like I remember thinking, wow, like, I don't know how women do it with like taking care of their dog and having a business. And like, I remember that feeling overwhelming to me, like thinking about getting a dog, like how does she, how does she do it all? And then the same thing with kids. Like if I can't handle things right now, how am I going to handle it with kids? Mm -hmm. But we all have the same amount of time and you just learn to change your priorities. You learn to set stricter boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like forced to only focus on what's important in the business and not all the other stuff because you don't have the luxury of focusing on everything. You literally have to choose one thing in your business to focus on and one thing in your life to focus on in order to do it all. Exactly. So, sorry, I just got real close. I just had to grab a tissue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit under the weather still. Um, but so when I look back, I am able, I work a lot less now. I'm able to spend a lot more time with family, with friends, with my husband. And my life is so much fuller. And I think that's, that's the biggest fear for a lot of women is that like, maybe I want to be in a relationship. Maybe I want to be married. Maybe I want a family someday, but like, if I can't handle this right now, how will I handle it then? Yep. Well, it's, it, go, it goes to priorities. Like we think everything's important right now because this is the way our life is. And then you yes. add something in and it's kind of like you naturally go, I can't do it all. So then you really get to know what's a priority in your business. You really get to know it's a priority in your life because you can only handle so much. It's like you're, before you, nothing was really a priority, even though you said it was. And then you really, as you add elements, I remember building the house and getting the dog and having the same, I mean, I didn't even have kids. I wasn't even married. And I was like, I don't know how people do it. I have a house to take care of. I have a dog. I have to be home so many hours to let about. And how do I, how do I do it all? And I'm slowly learning. You just don't do it all. Yeah. Because it does, all is not what you need to be doing. It's not important. Exactly. So like you learn what really matters. Like I remember holidays and yeah, like holidays, people's birthdays, like back in the day, like putting so much pressure on myself. Like I need to make all these Christmas cookies <laughs> or <laughs> I need to get them the perfect present and have it beautifully wrapped. And nowadays I'm like, 
hey, it's your birthday. Like, I'm going to just take you out to dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, like the present really doesn't matter. I threw it in a bag. Here it is. Your gift. <laughs> oh, I usually don't even have a bag. So like, <laughs> here you go. Literally, actually, two friends launched a book the other day and I wanted to pick up something little to give them. And I got something for both of them at Marshall's and I literally took it out of the Marshall's bag. It was like, go. <laughs> you and yet they probably understood after writing a book and hustling yeah. and having their businesses like, <laughs> I don't even have time to unwrap it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. So things, your priorities just change. And I think what I want to say to women is that you can do it all. Like you can have everything that you want and desire, but you're going to have to make some other sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And you're going to learn again, like your priorities and what means the most to you. And, um, boundaries are just, they're that have, that has to be learned. Yeah. I think it's also a, um, it really goes to faith. And I think you taught me this a lot about, you know, your clients, no matter what your business is, whoever's meant to be for you, right. You can do all the marketing you want, but you have to trust that God's going to send you and provide for you the right people at the right time. And like recently, you know, I have the two businesses and I really struggled with really wanting to grow the coaching business, but the massage business took up a lot of time. And it was when I released it and was so grateful for the massage clients and how much it was giving me the energy and the money to focus on coaching that life changed because I had the faith that, okay, God knows what I need and he, this is heart-centered, a calling for me to do the coaching and the massage business. Um, it's interesting because both started to pick up in business because I wasn't like, I got I to gotta, I gotta control both and I have to. It's really, a, once I had the faith, it was kind of like God was waiting for me to be like, okay, do you trust me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got this, that everything changed. But when you're trying to do everything, um, you don't allow that space to be grateful for what is actually happening and how little things are actually leading you to where you need to be. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's been so beautiful to watch that for you. Yeah. But I think you went through that too. Like you actually had to trust that if you backed away because you were now had a family, your whole business changed from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, when you can start to practice that, it almost gets a little bit fun. And like a friend and I used to call it like the lean back game. Like how far can we actually lean back mm-hmm. and things still work out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how little can we actually, like when our heart is 100% into something, how little of the actual work do we have to do in order to see a big result? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we actually planned a retreat together. This is before we were even working together, but um, this was two years ago. And we were like, we just have this on our heart. We have to sell this retreat. We have to be with these women. It, we just feel like we have so much to share. And we were like, let's see how little planning we can do. Let's see how little, like let's only post it one time on Facebook. Let's only post it one time on Instagram. Like, let's see how little we can do and still see if it works. Like, let's see how meant to be this retreat is. Wow. 
and we actually never send it to our email list. Wow. Isn't that crazy? We only sent it. We only posted it on Facebook and like once on Instagram and that was it. Wow. Wow. And it was successful. It was successful. Mm -hmm. I completely filled it. But then there's other times in my life and my business where I've been like, I have to have this program. I have to fill this program. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to make sure it's super successful. And then it flops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's about really getting in tune with what means the most to you, what you really feel is on your heart and just really trusting that if that is for you, mm-hmm. it's going to find you. Yeah. The leading yeah. from the heart is such a, such a, the power of it. We don't, we, we don't, we, we tend to think from our minds, right? We tend to think I need to do all the things, but really when you just put your heart into your, the people that are following you and your potential audience and your passion projects and your programs that just sells itself. It puts the energy out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And people feel it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever noticed like when people are launching things and you can just tell there's so much scarcity behind it. Mm -hmm. Like maybe the language that they're using and um, yeah. Yeah. There's no, like I want to do, there's no, excitement that they're letting yeah. off around it. Yeah. And I've, that's a, I mean, I, how many of my programs have failed because yeah. I was like, I need the money or I need it to work. I need whatever. And then once I back off and I say, no, I just want to help people. And this is how, these are the three ways I want to help people. And that's it. Um, that's when it resonated with people. Yeah. 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 And now you're back being a therapist. And it's interesting because you were talking about it and uh, you had mentioned how, um, you know, how you, you couldn't be yourself as a therapist, right? You couldn't show who you are. And it, it, then you left and became a coach. And all I kept thinking was, it's like you had something unfinished. Like, it's like you need to now reconcile oh. both together. It's like, you know what I mean? Like there was like a separation the first time. And now it's like, you're proving to yourself that you can mesh the two together and you even have it both on one website, which I've noticed. I know. I know. You're <laughs> so right. Thank you so much for pointing that out. <laughs> but I love how you said, like, I left something unfinished and mm-hmm. now I'm confident enough to go pick it up again and to say, yeah. like, I can be a really good therapist and a really good coach and I don't have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I can actually be a human as a therapist too. You can. You absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a therapy has a very big fear behind it, which is ironic, right? (laughs) Therapy, but there is a lot of fear. You know, you don't want people to know your personal life because what if they stalk you or whatever, you know, but I think in your niche for who you help is you help the overwhelmed female entrepreneur, the mompreneur deal with the stress and the overwhelm. I mean, that is, they need to relate to you as a therapist. Yeah. They need to know that you've been through it and you can help them. That's so true. So how do you feel about now you kind of have, you have so many different worlds, like all, like you kind of have the life you dreamed of. Yeah. I think that, um, it's so easy. Like we have these big goals for ourselves and we think like, Oh, once I get there, Mm-hmm. Then I'll have it all figured out. <laughs> then my life will be so easy. I like, I just remember thinking like, oh, once I do this, like I won't have to clean my house anymore. I'll like have 
I don't know, be able to go on all these like big fancy vacations or X, Y, and Z. And I think that it's about being really grateful with where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Because most likely when you hit those other goals, like your life is really not going to change. Like it's not mm-hmm. going to be that different. No. No. And I think that's also the beautiful thing is that like we can move ahead in all these places and our life doesn't have to be different because I think that's what holds a lot of people back from success is that like, and that's actually what held me back is that like, okay, once my business really takes off, I'm not going to have enough time for X, Y, and Z. So I'm not going to allow it to take off because I'm not ready for that. Mm -hmm. I won't be able to handle it all. And I think so many people go through that. Um, Isn't that what you just wrote to me the other day, how I was, I was struggling with up-leveling? I was yes. kept saying, I don't have time. I don't have time. And you called me on it right away. You're, you're struggling with up-leveling. Things are growing. And I was afraid I wasn't going to have time to do it all. Yeah. yeah. And you just, again, you just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always figure it out. Yeah. And I think that... Um, you know, I think like one tip for our listeners today is just really like if you have something on your heart, something that you're dreaming about, you really want to make happen, but you're afraid to go and do it. If you have the opportunity, just say yes. Mm. And then figure it out after. Yep. Like don't figure it out first and then wait for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just say yes and then figure it out because you may never have that opportunity again. Or the other thing is you're never going to be ready enough to say yes to that opportunity. There's never going to be a perfect time. You're never going to have enough money. There's a, it, it's, it's just do it and figure it out. Like I tell, I tell people it's a try and tweak method. You just try it. It doesn't work out. You, whatever, you try. I love that. Or it works out slightly, but you have to tweak it. But at least you started because the hardest part is starting. So just do one step. And it doesn't have to be you start a business all at once. Maybe like I was talking to somebody – um, the other day and she wanted to start a craft business selling her crafts and she, her, you know, she was so overwhelmed by it, but she just started by creating crafts and then getting a, a contract to sell at a market. And it's like, that's it. That's all you, that's starting, right? You take piece by piece, but just do it. Cause it's never going to be perfect time. Never. And you don't have to do it all at once. Never. I love that. Try and tweak. Try and tweak. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. And no, I was, what is, so you've gone through a lot of mindset things. What were your biggest, your biggest, the biggest things you learned in terms of mindset and, um, and your entrepreneurial journey? Hmm. I guess the big thing is like, I'm never, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready. There's never going to be the perfect time. You're never going to have enough time. (laughs) I'm just sort of thinking of like all the chapters in my book. Like no one's ever going to care about your business as much as you do. Mm-hmm. So stop worrying about their opinion, mm-hmm. your friends and family. Stop waiting fo- to feel validated by them because most likely they're never really going to understand and that's okay. My parents have no idea what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, again, like you're never going to be qualified enough. You're never going to feel young enough, old enough, smart enough. Um, you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to get started. And I'd rather live a life of falling, making mistakes, 
um, at least knowing that I tried rather than living a life and saying like, what if, what if I had just tried that? Yeah. 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 And you do build your confidence and you get a stronger mindset the more you take the action. You know, you might not know how to do it now, but you just take a small action. You realize, oh, I can learn it. I can figure it out. Oh, I, I have more than I thought I did. I know more than I thought I did. Then you figure out that all of us are making it up as we go along and none of us know what we're doing. I was going to say, we are all winging it You're every single day. That Oprah Winfrey knows everything. She's no. She figures it out. Everybody, we all just, the only thing, the difference is, is that they tried it. They tried. Exactly. They've all, every, every person we look up to has failed miserably. We, they just don't post it on a daily basis on social media. Yeah. But they yeah. tried it. Yeah. Yeah. So what three tips? So women out there, they're ready to live life their own way. They're tired of feeling stuck and stagnant, uh, ready to start taking action. What three tips do you have for them? I would say the first is to not look at failure as failure, but to look at it as redirection. Mm-hmm. So this didn't work because it's not actually supposed to work, Mm -hmm. but it got you going in the right direction. Like you're going to go on this other path now, and this is where you're supposed to be. So that's my first tip. Um, Second tip again, I would just say is say yes and figure it out after. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be ready enough. Mm -hmm. You're never going to have enough time. You're never going to have all the things. and then lastly, I feel like I need to give a good one. <laughs> They're all good. <laughs> but like end with like a bang, you know? Um, I would say for the last one, this is sort of a simple one, is just really listen to your intuition. Mm, such a big one. Stop look at listening to everyone else. Do what you feel you're really supposed to do. Do all of the steps that you need to make that thing happen, but then just step back and surrender. Mm. Do not hold on so tightly. And it's like a whole bunch of tips in one, but Mm -hmm. it's sort of like a little process is like really figure out what feels best, what you feel called to do, go and do it. Do all the steps that you can in your hands with possible for you. And then just surrender it. Mm. Yeah, it's supposed to happen. It's going to happen. Detach from the outcome. I always think of an arrow, like you're shooting an arrow. You have the target and you can direct it, right? You could do all the things to make it go in that direction, but you can't go chase the arrow and move it to where it needs to go. Like it's going to land where it's going to land. And then you take it from there and you redirect the path and try somewhere new. That's so good. Yeah, that's a good one though. Detaching from outcome, I think is... It's so powerful because we want to control everything as humans. <laughs> we want to know exactly that this is going to be successful, but everything is successful in what it's meant to teach us and what it's meant to, to do on the, on the journey because it's not about the destination. So as you mm-hmm. said, you know, I know how many people have successful programs or successful products, but then they realize it's not really right for them for some reason. And they tweak it because it doesn't feel right. It's not giving them what they want. So they try something new. It doesn't mean it was a failure. It just means they learned something about themselves and they try something else. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So your book comes out in February. Yes. Yay. So exciting. Go. It's on Amazon for pre-order, Thinking Like a Boss. 
Um, your podcast is fantastic. You mm -hmm. interview entrepreneurs um, who share their limiting beliefs, the big limiting beliefs that, that held them back. Um, could you freeze? Oh, there you go. Um, so where can everybody find you and follow you? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. Kate Croco. Um, I would say then come subscribe to the podcast, come listen to the podcast because I usually give a lot of like updates on there. Um, you hear about happenings and everything. So podcast is actually one of my other favorite places to hang out. Is it? Yeah. You have a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. And they can pre-order your book. Well, thank you so much. You. Your story is so inspirational. Um, you know, you don't have to figure it all out and stay in one thing. You can always try something new, go back to something, put it all together and mesh it together. You taught me that with my two businesses. I'm now kind of meshing my coaching with massage. Like there is no just one thing. There is no, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's not just yeah. one thing you want to be yeah. when you grow up. You can just make it all happen because it's all about you and your journey. So I love that. I love your story. Thank you so much for Thank sharing. you so much. It was such an honor to be on your podcast and I just love what you're doing for women and thank everything you. that you're spreading with this message. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you all so much for being here and for joining us for True Drive Evolution. We will see you next time. Hi, Joyful Lady. Thank you so much for listening to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I want to invite you to join the Joyful Business Society Facebook group. This is where you'll receive coaching, support, guidance, and friendships, all the things you need to live your best life and become the CEO of your life and business. You'll receive VIP access to trainings and new resources, and even discounts on courses and coaching. So pop over to Facebook and search for the Joyful Business Society and join today. I look forward to seeing you in there. And if you liked what you heard today, help us spread the message by leaving a review for other women to see and be encouraged to subscribe. Your reviews go a long way with helping this podcast be seen by those that are ready to live life their own way. So thank you so much for helping us spread the love and helping other women embark on their own true joy revolutions. So thank you so much for being a part of the True Joy Revolution community. I really appreciate it and I'll see y'all next time.